I say innovation, what I'm talking about is any significant positive change. So it could be technology, but could be a financial performance, even a personal relationship, as long as it's meaningful, transformative, even exponential change for the better. And there are conditions under which companies and people will actually strive for that significant positive gain. And one of the most relevant, especially now, is embracing constraints. What's up, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm health expert Ted Rice, and let me ask you, in this situation where our environment, our world is changing so rapidly, and in particular during this time of the COVID-19 quarantine or the stay-at-home order, what is the mindset, the perspective that we need to adopt to allow us to thrive? So many of us are feeling the constraints that we have on our life, how it's different than it was before this whole COVID-19 thing happened. But although our resources have been constrained, our resourcefulness has not. And my guest today, Sterling Hawkins, is all about training you up to be resourceful, or how he puts it, he trains organizations and speaks all over the world on transformative leadership and innovation. He helps companies to scale up in terms of how they're solving their problems, how they're approaching the problems that arise in a world that changes exponentially. And not only does he do that, but he's here today to share his insight and knowledge with you about how you can make this an opportunity for growth for yourself. And before we get to the interview with Sterling, I want to let you know, if you're in a situation where you need help with your health at home, you're trying to eat the right things, you're trying to do the exercise, but you're lacking structure, you're lacking organization, and most importantly, you're lacking results, but you know prioritizing wellness right now is crucial. So I want to let you know, my team and I have been working day and night on a brand new free seven-day challenge where you can experience seven days of coaching with me, the same level of coaching that I give to my clients who sign up for 12 weeks, you can experience it in one week for free. And there's no strings attached. It's my way of giving back to you to help you through this challenging time. That's why I'm doing it. And I know that some of you have been wanting to work with me, but you want to have a little taste first. So where do you go to sign up for this? You go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash challenge. That's legendarylifepodcast.com slash challenge. But I want to let you know, this is called a challenge for a reason. So if you're the type of person who joins free things and doesn't follow through, you're not gonna last in this group. We're gonna kick you out because we're gonna challenge you to do things. But if you're committed, if you're coachable, if you're ready to step up and implement, 
then this is going to be an awesome experience for you that will let you, that will teach you what to do in a week, but you'll be able to use what you learn for a lifetime. So again, legendarylifepodcast.com slash challenge. That's it for me. On to the interview with Sterling Hawkins. Sterling Hawkins, so great to have you back on the show, my man. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. And uh, it's interesting times to have you back on the show because we are in the middle of the quarantine right now, in the middle of, well, at least I don't know what it is in, in, in LA where you are, but here in Medellin, Colombia, we've been in quarantine. We're only allowed to leave for two days a week, depending on the last number of our ID. And uh, man, I mean, we're in a situation that is unprecedented in its details, I guess you would say, but it is, it's a black swan event, but at the same time, there's been many of these events. And what I would love to have a conversation with you about today is about respecting the situation for what it is and the people who are going to suffer as a result of this but also for those of us who are listening to the show and hearing you today to have a a perspective to realize that there is opportunity in this obstacle as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's amazing how fast the world has changed, right? I mean, we talk on a pretty regular basis and in a matter of days, certainly weeks, all of a sudden, like you're now quarantined in, uh, Columbia. I'm here in Los Angeles. I used to travel most every week. I'm no longer doing that. It's not a quarantine here, but it is a, I forget what they call it, like a stay-at-home order or something where movement's fairly restricted and you know they only let limited numbers of people in stores. And I, I think you're right. I mean, this is a huge constraint put on us from the outside. There's really not much any of us personally can do about it. And the question then is, okay, well, where do you go? What do you make with that? You know, absolutely. And for those of you who are listening right now, and you don't, you didn't listen to my first interview with Sterling. Sterling, you speak on transformative leadership. You speak on innovation. And how are you looking at this situation? Because as you just mentioned, this has specifically disrupted your work because you've been even though you've just did a virtual keynote, you've been keynoting all these big events all over the world, and now you're not doing that. So I would love to hear just how you're looking at this, how you're handling this, you know, the ups and downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, and also the opportunity. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking is my favorite thing to do in the world. You know, having a chance to be in front of people, whether it's in person or online is, is just an honor. And it is very different having an online audience versus in person because I feed so much off of the energy with everybody there and ask questions and do things interactively that you just can't do online. And it's been hugely transformative my whole business, like many businesses out there. And, you know, innovation, we look at a little bit broadly. Whereas 
oftentimes you get pigeonholed thinking about technology and tools, and that's certainly a part of it. But when I say innovation, what I'm talking about is any significant positive change. So it could be technology, but could be uh, financial performance, even a personal relationship, as long as it's meaningful, transformative, even exponential change for the better. And there are conditions under which companies and people will actually strive for that significant positive gain. And one of the most relevant, especially now, is embracing constraints. And I think it's easy to forget that we're under all sorts of constraints all the time, many of which we're just not paying attention to. Sure. You know, for example, we're constrained with a physical human body. You know, we've got two arms, an octopus is eight. Uh, we've got one stomach, a cow has, I, I think, three, something like that, right? But just human constraints. Four, Sterling. That. <laughs> Four, oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, brother. <laughs> right. But we, we've got these constraints that we just deal with because they're so natural. And in order to realize anything in reality, we have to give up the infinite potential of everything. And that means putting constraints on something. And how I've traditionally worked with businesses is creating constraints that let them create and perform usually things having to do with budgets and timelines and orchestrating those things amongst their teams so they really can deliver significant positive gains. And it's so interesting now because it's almost flipped because now the biggest constraints that we're paying attention to, at least, are on the outside. You know, for me, I can no longer be on a stage in front of a bunch of people. Uh, For much of retail outside of the food space, they can no longer open their doors. And it's by embracing those constraints and asking to yourself, well, what do I create inside of those constraints? Because the constraints are necessary. But what we do with those constraints is where we get our power. I think that's the mindset we've got to look from. I love it. It's not about the resources. It's about the resourcefulness. So you've got constraints on you, but what do you do within that? And I think... That uh, an issue is as soon as the like you mentioned, there's all these constraints on us all the time. We we all have an income. We all have a certain amount of money in our bank. We all have a certain line of credit. We all have um, you know a car that only goes so fast or fits only so many people. We, we've got our skills that are all limited. The, our human body that is limited. But since it's our day to day normal, we don't really experience those constraints as something as a stress. But here we are with these external constraints, like you mentioned, right? Uh, the stay-at-home order where you are, the quarantine where I am. And I'll be honest, man, this is not that different than my normal life. I'm mostly sitting in my place. I know I know, my social media highlights, I only put when I'm up at the beach or at the pool, right? But most of my life is really kind of sit, uh, sitting at the computer for long hours and getting up to go exercise and then sitting back down and go, you know, it's not like I'm leaving, living this, uh, you know, 24-7 party lifestyle, but now we're all feeling it big time. And even though, and some people don't have my remote work type of life uh, 
they really feel the difference because they're used to that social interaction that used to leaving the house, going to work, and then, you know, the drive there, the drive back, you know, the time by themselves. And some people are like me where they're alone and others uh, are with their family all the time. And, you know, it, it, and we're all feeling the stress of that, those constraints. So what you're saying is we've got to make that shift over. What would you say to someone who's having trouble making that shift? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think most people I've talked to have some element of, of struggle with it, right? Because change causes upset. It's, it's just natural. When things go away different than we think they're going to go, most people will either be resigned about it or they'll be angry. Right. And it takes something to get through. You know, it might take days, could be weeks. For some people, it's months to be able to process some of that depending on their ability to balance the chaos and order in their own mind. But for me, I've noticed, especially in the early days of uh, the pandemic that we're in, I was a little bit lost. You know, the structure that I had for my life where I travel and I repack and I do these things when I'm at home and I have this exercise routine, it all fell apart. It was almost like, well, what, what do I do now? My life, my business, everything is different. And one of the first steps that I took, I think is a good one for everybody, is get some structure back in place. And for me, you'll love this, Ted, it was exercise. Every yeah. morning, I thought, if I get up and I go for a run and do yoga and do the meditation, the rest of my day is vastly more productive. And I just naturally will structure it more and put time on the calendar to do different things I've wanted to work on, to talk to the different people I've got to talk to. But that structure gave me some order to the chaos that I got lost in for several days. And I mean, for a couple of days, I was hugely unproductive. And then adding just a little bit of that structure back in made all the difference. And I think even more so because it was some physical exercise. Yeah. Great point. And definitely something I've adopted as well. I, I've used this time as a a time to really step up in a lot of ways. I taught myself how to iron my clothes because I can't have a... Actually, I might be able to have someone over to clean my place. I, I, I need to look into it, but it br that brings a risk, doesn't it, to have someone over. So I've been stepping up in all these ways, making my bed, cleaning my place, ironing my clothes, dressing up a little bit, more than even usual, just to kind of create that routine. But I'm, I'm curious, man, I know you're not necessarily a productivity guy, but I have a lot of clients too who are in a situation where they, they are still working. They're just working remotely now for the first time, but they're struggling with having children there and their time is being sucked away. Let's not say sucked away. They feel their perception is that my time is being taken away by my family or taken up by my family and taken up by my work. How, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just curious. I know you're, you're not necessarily a productivity guy, but I'm sure this is something you coach companies on. Like, how would you tell someone to think about structuring time for their self so, so that they're, even though they start to build in structure, getting the kids up, feeding them, clothing them, you know, making sure they have something to do, making sure that they're taking care of their business with work. 
how do you recommend someone start to shift that focus onto themselves? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? Because the rules have kind of changed to some degree. And so the automatic, the status quo that we've got in our minds of the way things have to be, we have to loosen those up a little bit to say, okay, well, normally I worked 10 hours straight or whatever it is. And I didn't have any family time and maybe I took a break for lunch and I was in a physical office and that made certain things available to us. And moving home, it doesn't mean that we move at home in exactly the same way. I am hugely interested in like human performance and productivity is kind of a piece of that, right? Are we spending the time in the kinds of ways that are getting us the best result physically, mentally? And everything else. And you know what's a good example of that is um, one of the late night shows here in the US, I think it's Jimmy Fallon, is still recording shows on a regular basis, but they're not shows like he traditionally had them. You know, now guests call in via their cell phones and everybody's in, in their own homes. But my favorite part of that, and I think many people's favorite part of that, is the fact that his kids are on the show. <laughs> Oftentimes, not purposefully. You know, they're in the background, they're doing something else, right? But he's just said, yeah, I'm home with my family. And his daughters are absolutely adorable. They do the cutest things. And not that you should have your kids around on every single business call or every call that you're having. But it's a good example of Jimmy and his production team looking at it and saying, okay, well, the rules have changed. What can we loosen or what can we change in terms of not just the production value, but who's in it and how we coordinate this thing? So we're still delivering on the core value of what it is for the audience, what we're aiming to do, but we're just doing it in a new way. You, you know what? In talking with you the other day, you had a great example of this as well. You, you know, I don't want to steal your story from you, but you were working with a client that um, didn't have time to get on the Peloton and do his exercise every day. And he said, well, you know what? As long as you're achieving the goal of that uh, cardiovascular health, you can do it in playing with your kid. Take that same 45 minutes and play. Don't get on the bike. Same thing. You're achieving the goal just in a new way. Yeah. And, and what I love about that, man, is like it's training, for lack of a better word, our adaptability muscle. And I'll tell you, man, as a coach, Sterling, I've... I've had to really, and, and traveling the world like I do, and I'm sure you've had to do this as well because what, what your, your, your travel schedule is just insane um, when, you know, flights are, we're not all locked down. And you really have to be adaptable. And I think it's such a key skill, but it's so underdeveloped in so many people. I mean, do you see the same thing or, or is that just my perspective? Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, it, it's hard. Humans are built for change. Humans are built for optimizing things. But we are incredibly good at problem solving. You know, when we're in the right mindset, we've got the right structure around us, we can solve anything. I mean, we put people on the moon and we're sending them to Mars, right? Albeit maybe on a different schedule now because of the pandemic. Yeah, the potential in the human mind is really limitless. And I've found that most people have a very difficult time with it, not because they're physically incapable of it, but because where it starts is in language. 
right? We ah. almost have to articulate some of these things before we can, you know, share them with others or even notice them ourselves. And it takes something to step back from your work. You know, on Monday, you're working in the office. On Tuesday, you're home. It's so easy just to dive right in and to start working and trying to do it the same ways and figuring out the kids and putting them in the other room or whatever it is. And it takes something to step back from that situation, almost step outside of yourself and articulate the changes and your intention around those changes. And I found something as simple as writing down those changes, writing down those constraints, and then speculating what you're doing with them leads to huge boosts in performance. I mean, it's the difference between somebody potentially sitting and watching Netflix all day and them cranking out emails. Same person, just a little bit different tactic on the mindset, and it's a whole different day. I love that. And uh, Manny, you know, I was just thinking while you're talking about the, the commonalities you and I share, we both seek to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone. Like I mentioned earlier, we had the, we, you know, I, w- I wasn't sure if I was going to even talk about this, but right before we hopped on, there was a shooting right across the street from me. And I'm in Medellin, Colombia. It has a history. It has an even longer history than the Pablo Escobar story that you've seen on Netflix on the Narco series. And you asked me, like, are you still happy to be here? And I said, yes, because it's, I love the challenge. I mean, we talked at look, and, and I don't want, I don't want anybody to think, oh my gosh, it's like, listen, I'm from Miami. Uh, and I was telling you, Sterling, people get hit. So there's not shootings in the, and I'm in the, the wealthiest area of Medellin. So there's not shootings like that in the wealthiest area of Miami Beach. I mean, maybe once in a while, but like what just happened where, you know, it just, I've, I've never seen anything like that before, but, uh, or I didn't even see it. I just heard it and saw all the people chilling out afterwards. Like it was something normal. The point I'm trying to make is this, it's like the challenge that we go through by putting ourselves outside our comfort zone, by making a choice to, to be uncomfortable and starting to be comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling, it leads to skills and a mindset that allows you to handle something like a a pandemic, which is something I've never been through before. I mean, uh, what what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I I think you're right. I mean, I, I still can't believe that happened to you. It's the craziest thing. I'm just thinking to myself, there's so many things that I, I take for granted here in the States, right? But you're right. Our human ability to deal with those things, I, I think, is something that's developed over time. You know, I'm big into uh, like endurance races, specifically running, biking, that kind of thing. And somebody was like, on your last race, I do these crazy things. Like I, I don't, well, I didn't train for this last century, 100 mile bike ride that I went on. And somebody asked me, well, how, how do you do that? And for me, I was like, well, I, well, I just do it. You know, like I get on the bike and I pedal and it's painful, but I make it through it. But what I uh, reflected on is exactly what you're saying. It's not when I'm in the depths of it on that bike ride where I'm really making a decision. I'm almost on autopilot at that point. It's that every time before that and everything that I've done 
you just build up a resilience over time by making oftentimes small decisions, you know, stepping into that discomfort zone or stepping away from it. And you just build up a muscle where you continually step into it time and time again. And, you know, it's not all going to be pleasant, almost guaranteed. But what is guaranteed is that we'll grow from it. And that's that's where the potential is. Yeah, and it's something that I've heard you talk about before. Because when, you, by the way, I got to I got to share this story. So you and I we met in Rhythmia doing our ayahuasca experience, and when I would, I, I felt a connection sitting to you and talking with you, and um, we had a, a great conversation. I, I really, uh, you know, appreciated it during that time because we were all there. We, we didn't know what we were getting into. It was the, the night of our first ceremony, actually. And I had this impression, because you were very modest about what you do and who you are. I thought you were a yoga instructor, dude. <laughs> I was like, because you gave out this impression because you said you took this yoga instructor. I'm like, oh, cool. So he's a yoga. I mean, he doesn't seem exactly like a yoga guy, but he's maybe more of those a high-end yoga instructor. And then come to find out you're you're this big time speaker speaking all over the world. And and it's just uh it was so cool to 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 find that out later. But one of the things that you talked about when I first started asking you about what you do and what is what does innovation mean to you or what is transformational leadership and what do you teach these companies? You said everyone thinks it like you mentioned earlier in this interview, like everyone thinks it's technology, but a lot of it has to do with the people changing as people instead of upgrading your sensors and your data processing and right we have to upgrade ourselves as people and that's really where it starts and i feel like you and i i feel like i i one of the reasons why i i like you so much one of the many reasons right and one of the many reasons why we connect is because i i don't say the same words that you do but i f i feel the same that you do right but one of the reasons why i think people are, are having such a hard time with this is because they don't train themselves. They, they have, even if they're very successful in their career, they're running businesses, they have multiple business interests, they're a CPA, they're a attorney, they're a, a, a professional negotiator, you know, they're, they don't train themselves that they've they've developed a high degree of skill, high degree of sex success, but they haven't trained themselves. They haven't kept up putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. And in the past, it seems like we didn't have a choice. But these days, we can really manufacture our environment. We can make sure that our homes or offices are the perfect temperature, right? And we have clothes that help uh, change that in case, you know, the temperature is a little bit off or whatever. Uh, we, we have so many ways that we can manipulate things to bring them onto the terms that we want, to make it work for us. And the, it, that's great in so many ways, but there's a cost to that. And the cost is that you lose the challenge. And if you use, lose that challenge, that getting uncomfortable, when change happens, which is inevitable, 
right? It could have been this, it could have been something else. It could have been the COVID-19 or something else, could have been a pandemic, something else. Something will happen in the future and you're not ready for it, right? And what, 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 what do you have to say about that? How do you look at that and help people embrace this idea of training themselves or however you would like to, however you teach it or characterize it, like get uncomfortable. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Do you want to know a secret that all my coaching clients follow? It's really simple, but powerful. Add vegetables into each meal. But let's be honest, most of us, including myself, don't eat the recommended servings of vegetables and fruits each day. So for those of us who are on the go or have trouble eating healthy, having a greens powder makes it easy to get your greens in every single day, no matter how busy you are. And that's why I use and recommend Organifi Green Juice, a superfood powder that you just add water to so that you can get your greens in even when you're on the go. The best thing about Organifi Green Juice is that it actually tastes great. But don't believe me, try it for yourself. And use the code TED20, that's capital T-E-D, the number 20, at www.organifi.com. That's Organifi.com to receive 20% off your first order. But hurry, this is a limited time discount for Legendary Life listeners. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, well, there's no question that we're totally philosophically aligned. I mean... You know, we had to get into this interview because we could probably talk for hours about all sorts of different things around it. And the philosophy is, yeah, you got to step into that growth zone because there's not only implications for you personally in your personal life and your family and everything else, but on a global scale, if we're all just trying to protect ourselves and stay safe, it slows down growth, innovation, development on a... Uh, humanity level, you know, so the more people that can step into that and realize that significant positive change is possible, the better place we're we're all going to live in. And really what I speak to around that is how important process is, because it's easy to be overwhelmed by too much chaos, especially these days where there's so much chaos in the world, right? Um, And too much leaves us trigger, you know, fight or flight or freeze. And none of those human reactions are really productive. They're not going to leave you thinking accurately. They're not going to leave you doing the things you probably need to be doing because over the long term, a survival mindset is not going to maximize your human potential. What it's going to do is to keep you alive. And by having a process where you intentionally articulate, you know, speaking such a big thing for me, um, but you articulate the process to say, okay, here's the places that I'm going to go out on a limb with. I'm going to just take myself, for example. I'm now going to take all the keynotes that I did in person and I'm going to put them online. Now, as easy as that might seem, there's some psychological repercussions to that that I may or may not be uh, psychologically aware of. You know, it might not be in my conscious mind, but I have to note that that's an entirely new thing for me to be able to process. So if that's going to be a step into the chaos, a step into the unknown, I need to have an equal and opposite step into order, which for me was reconnecting with family on almost a deeper basis than before the crisis here. 
where I talk to most of my family on FaceTime or video chat of some sort at least several times a week. And I, I have a very close family. I talk to them on a regular basis regardless. But being really intentional that I have some human connectedness, especially to my family this time, gave me a sense of order during it. And as I'm stepping through that process, well, now I'm acclimating to doing virtual keynotes. I've done a couple of them. I know how they go. Okay, well, now I can take the next step. And by looking at significant positive change of any sort, or really any change as a process where you're moving through spaces intentionally, it lets you balance that order and chaos in all of our minds a little more effectively. Yeah, so turning it into a process, putting it into... So what I hear you saying is this. You're saying, listen, don't just jump into chaos, but be intentional about it. And also make sure you have some type of support that grounds you as well, whether that in your case, it was connecting with your family. For someone else, it might be that or it might be meditation or whatever. But you you want to have a process and be intentional about how you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, but also having some type of so a grounding support. Is that what I hear you saying? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that's like the sweet spot of what we're built for. You know, that's what's going to drive our happiness. It's going to drive our productivity. It might even, and I'm not a neuroscientist or a doctor of any sort, but it might be part of the reason that we have a two halves of our brain that think differently. So we can balance those two sides of ourselves. Uh, the key to the whole thing is being able to step outside of it and realizing that we're all subject to the same or very similar biology. And if we can abstract ourselves into a process and understand, well, where are we at? Am I triggered right now or am I not? Am I too far into chaos or am I too far into order? Or where can I balance myself out on a cyclical basis? And the cool thing is it works the same for personal individuals as it does for entrepreneurs, as it does for Fortune 500 companies. I mean, really all we're doing is talking about kind of managing our own biology to get back to what we're saying, the optimal human performance. Are you familiar with the skills challenge ratio? I don't think I am. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a concept. I think it was put forth by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, the guy who wrote Flow the Hungarian mm -hmm. psychologist. And it's basically what you're saying, you know, it's like on one axis, it's we have our skill level. On the other axis, we have the our level of challenge. And if our skill level is too low for our level of challenge, we get anxiety. If our skill level is too high relative to our challenge, we get boredom. But there's a sweet spot in the middle, the zone, right? And that's where our skills match up perfectly with the challenge. And the challenge isn't a perfect challenge in the sense that, oh, yeah, this I can do this. This is easy. No, it's slightly above what you're comfortable doing, slightly above what you're comfortable doing. But there's a nuance there. And I don't remember if Mihai Csikszentmihalyi talked about it or not, but you just did. 
you're, what I heard you say, and this is the way I interpret it, at least in, in, in terms of, you know, this idea, uh, the skills and challenge, this balance be- between the level of skill we have versus the level of challenge we're experiencing is when we're grounded or like what you said, being intentional about going into chaos and also being grounded it's going to allow us to challenge ourselves more. We might be able to push ourselves a little bit more to get and and still be in that flow zone instead of hitting anxiety be, because we have more of a structure in how we're approaching getting outside of our comfort zones and also being intentional about how we're grounding ourselves. Does that make sense? It does. I love that. I'm going to have to look that up afterwards. Um, so you have to send me a link or something. But yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. And, you know, another factor that I think comes into play with all of it is community, however you want to define it, whether it's the family you have around you, your close friends, right? Other people. Uh, Because I was just reading a study the other day, I, I forget the name of it, but if I find it, I'll send it to you, that was saying one of the most proven ways to get out of our own head especially when we're in crisis is by helping other people uh, because when we're in crisis. Yeah. I mean, it was incredibly beautiful. I, you know, I'm reading this thing. I'm like, wow, you know, so much makes sense to me now because it's so easy when you're in crisis to kind of batten down the hatches and lock down and say, okay, well, I've got to, I've really got to crank this thing out and you just work on it by yourself and you don't talk to anybody, you don't do anything. And it's probably, easier and more dangerous to do now because we're all at home in in some capacities. But by helping others, especially when you're in crisis yourself, reframes and refocuses you on the outside where you can actually make a difference. And it leads to all sorts of brain chemistry and so much science behind it that one of the key things that, um, Marines and high performance of any physical activity groups will tell them to do is when you're having a problem, when you're under fire, when you're in crisis, when you're scared, what there is to do is to help the person next to you. Wow. And I think back the graph you're talking about, that expands our capacity as human, right? It enables us to notch a little bit further into chaos, to take on a little more than we thought we could because we have the secret weapon of, oh yeah, we can help the guy next to us. You got to share that with me. I love that so much. I've, I've said that before, right? Sterling, because it's like, oh, I don't feel abundant right now. I don't feel like I can give right now. Cause I, I I'll be honest, man. I'm, I'm you know, we're not going to dive into my personal story, right? I've shared that enough here, but it's like, I felt for such a long time personally, like like you see people struggling, you're like, sucks for you, but I'm, I'm working on my own stuff here. Sucks for you. I feel bad for you, but I'm working on me. Okay. You don't know about how bad my life is. And, and of course I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this because I feel guilty because I'm walking by some homeless dude or you know what I mean? Or some situation that really I've never been even been close to. Right. But I'm like, no, well, you don't know how bad I have it. And I, hear people doing the same thing, but it's like, well, how do you get to that place of abundance? Because you can be stuck there for a while because 
the thing is, it's like, it can be never, it, it, it can be to the point where it is never enough. You never have enough time for yourself or money for yourself or whatever it is for yourself. And then I learned eventually through just experience that, ah, this is a mindset thing. I need to, if I, if I want to be abundant, I can't wait for my external circumstances to help me shift my mindset. I shift my mindset first, right? And give yeah. when I don't feel like yeah. giving. And then that's when I experience that thing that I've been wanting to experience so much. And I'll be honest, man, I'm still struggling with that. But I, we, Giselle and I have pledged uh, $100 a month to help uh, poor families in Brazil who are in a really bad situation. But I, I want to do more charity. Um, I, I really feel like there's something so powerful about it. And then when you're just bringing up a study that talks about you know, that this, this even has a science, has scientific rationale or scientific evidence to back up this practice. And it's even what people under the highest stress with the highest stakes, in other words, where human life could be lost in a, in a gunfight, right? Um, it's that, that's just super powerful, man. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I, I think what you're speaking to is something that we all struggle with. You know, I think just part of the default human mindset is to always be wanting to cross the finish line, always wanting to arrive somewhere like, oh, I need that much money. I need this house or this car or this professional status. And what we don't see sometimes is that we just keep moving the finish line. So when you arrive to the point that you originally wanted, well, now you want more and then you want more and then you want more. And just from a mindset perspective, that's disempowering, right? If you're running a physical race and the finish line keeps moving further and further out, eventually you up your hands and be like, come on, you know, I, I, I can't win this thing. So it's, it's the idea of letting go of whatever that finish line is, wherever you want to arrive, realizing that there, there actually is not a finish line. There's just something to do now. And there's something to do in the next moment. And bringing that presence to it to say like, yeah, I'm all for plans and trajectory and everything else. You got to do that. Uh, and at the same time, if that's all you're doing, you get stuck in like the intellectual side of it. You don't have a chance to not just experience what there is to experience in terms of human connection and love and performance and everything else, but you also lose a uh, productivity element of it as well. You know, when we're present, and we're working most effectively, we know where we're going and that line's not going to move. You know what else this conversation brings up for me is something that came to me as well. And I know you're going to, I know you either teach this or have said this, or maybe even wrote it in the book that you're writing or, but one day I began to realize from talking to people who they want to really get in shape but this could apply to anything. But people who really want to get in shape, they're looking for something that they can do, that a program that they can get into, something that they're going to feel comfortable doing. And the thing that I ended up figuring out, I'm like, listen, do you understand that your experience of life is based on your decisions? And you, in your decision-making process, you have chosen to do things that are comfortable all the time. 
because you don't, nobody wants to make a decision or, or let's say not that nobody wants to, but we have a, a physical reaction, a physiological reaction to avert. Well, we, we don't, we want to avoid feeling uncomfortable is what I'm trying to say. But the problem is every solution that you come up with for your life, whether it's to get in better shape, whether it's to make more money, whether, you know, to go uh, ask for a raise or, or get a promotion, whatever it is, anything that you come up with that's comfortable is not going to involve growth. It's not going to be the big breakthrough that you're looking for. Do you, what, what, you must teach that. You must have uh, have a way to to teach this. Tell tell us what your thoughts are on this idea that oh hey I have a problem oh I'm comfortable with this solution and then you do that solution and you're like oh that didn't give me what I'm looking for oh hey there's this other thing but no that makes me feel uncomfortable so I'm going to stay away from it right yeah I I mean it's hugely limiting I think the thing is is that it's easy to find answers to things in knowledge, right? We've never had so much access to knowledge in the world with all the ebooks and paper books and podcasts and e-courses and school courses and everything else, right? Like we can learn everything and anything that humanity has learned to a large degree from Google. And so you can find right you can find how do you lose weight? How do you save more money? How do you structure business? What do you like on social media? There's so many answers that are available that it's the place that we'll go first. But knowledge in and of itself really doesn't produce anything. You know, there's, there's no result of gained knowledge. Now you just know more. And if we know more within the same confines of our comfort zone, we will have no better results. Or maybe better said, very incrementally better results. You know, we're fixing, adjusting, changing, optimizing the life that we have. And, you know, you can squeeze a little more juice out of that lemon. It's totally possible. But if you're looking for the big gains, and that's really what I'm interested in on a personal level and at a company level, big gains require stepping out of that knowledge zone into the uh, kind of proverbial unknown or the chaos that's out in front of us, because that's where the potential is to have a huge bump in performance. You know, I think everybody, including myself, if you said, Sterling, you're going to make 5% more money next year. Well, yeah, I, I would take that. I don't think anybody would say no to that, but it doesn't like light you up. I'm not like over the moon excited about it, but that's where you can step into, okay, well, it doesn't have to be 5%. What if we were 100% bigger? Or what if we touched uh, a thousand times more people? You know, those kinds of goals get you lit up. And there are things to learn and strategies behind it. All of that is important. But without applying that idea of stepping out of your comfort zone to those strategies, they won't work. They won't give you the benefit that you can ultimately get. Yeah, I love the way you said that. And um, man, I feel like there's so many people who don't... So I'll just say it like this. I believe that human beings... I I, I got this from Tony Robbins, but I, I agree with him 100%, even though I'm not the biggest Tony Robbins fan. And, and I don't mean that I dislike him or anything. I'm just saying 
Uh, he's not my go-to guy for personal development, but I really appreciated this thing that I learned. He said that everybody needs growth. He said everybody needs growth and contribution, actually. They're, they're the biggest needs that humans have, but we all need growth. And I even met, here's the thing, right? Uh, when I was in Miami Beach, I, I'm remembering a guy right now who I worked with. And I remember he had this business that, um, you know, he told me it was worth a billion bucks. But what, it, it, and he refused to sell it. No idea what he's up to now. I'd be curious to, to connect with him again and ask. But he was, he was getting offers for it, but he refused to sell it. Even though he had been in the business for 30 years, and he was like dying to, to do something with some startups. In fact, he ended up doing a startup on the side, sold it to Twitter, and it, would, it just lit him up because it was so much fun for him. It was a challenge for him versus this behemoth that he's created over the past decades. Uh, but he just can't get rid of because, the, because he's like, oh, I can't sell it for less than it's worth, even though he makes most of his money from uh, from real estate and other things. So you know what I mean? It's these things that keep us stuck. And it doesn't matter what level you're playing at, how much money you have, in other words. What matters is the experience that you're having. And I think in, I think also people who are very successful, our society is like, man, you were, you're a winner, you made it. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, thanks. You know, I, I do like my car here, my house, and I, I did work hard for all this. And that's awesome. But deep down inside, many of them are playing safe and stuck in their comfort zones. Because once you get good at making money, you're, you're, it's like, well, I'm good at you know exercise. I'm good at making money. I'm good at uh, you know speaking on stage to ten thousand people. Well, then you have to change the game up. You have to find something that you're uncomfortable with to take it to the next level. And this is true no matter who you are, where you are in your life, what you do, and regardless of what society thinks of your success, it's about your experience. Absolutely. Well, and also, I think, you know, in the brains of the 7.5 or so billion people in the world, inside of somebody's head somewhere are the solutions, the innovations that really are going to solve all the problems and issues that we have, you know, and some of them might sound stupid at first, right? There have been plenty of ideas throughout history the airplane, for example, where people just thought, well, that's not possible. That's silly. That's stupid. Um, the Wright brothers caught a lot of flack for that. But at the same time, their ability to step outside of their comfort zone or our ability to step outside of our comfort zone to share that idea, that thing. And it could be something small, you know, start the company, share the idea with uh, one of your parents or a coworker. It's those ideas, the more of us that are sharing those things, stepping beyond ourselves, stepping into the comfort zone, the better world we'll live in. I love how you bring it back to that because that's ultimately what it's about. I, I think you and you and I, we're, I don't want to say idealists, but we see the possibility where other people see a lot of like, I think that's one thing that um, my pig-headedness, my stubbornness, I just refuse to believe that there isn't a solution to things. I'm like, there just has to be a solution. 
right? And I, I see so many people, even people much smarter than me, like my dad, for, for example. Um, you asked me about my dad. You know, I really appreciate you and, and everyone else who asked about him. And, and he's, a, he's a much smarter person than I am. He made it through law school, very successful in his law career. He, he knows all this trivia about so many things. I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? You're 76, your brain is like better than mine. And you're 76 and very physically unhealthy, right? But he has so many limits on what he thinks is possible and the pessimism. And you and I, I mean, that's what it's really about. And I think we all want that. We all want a better experience of life. And I think if we're honest, the experience that our neighbor has, the experience that we see that other people have on TV, if we were all having a ex better experience of life, or other people were having a better experience of life, more of the world were having a better experience of life, less danger, less stress, less, you know, less of the negative stuff. This it's going to be a better place and we're going to be able to direct those efforts to like you said solving the 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 big problems that we all that really need to be solved. Yeah man, I love that so much. Thank you for bringing it back to that. Yeah, uh, of course. And you know, if it's obviously we're in the middle of the pandemic, so certainly that, but all the other problems that we're dealing with, whether it's global warming or anything else, right? And there's some science to it. If we just sit inside of the comfort zone, we're going to use the tools, use the thinking that we have because it, it already works. We already know how it's going to work. But when we step beyond that, disparate ideas that would maybe never have a chance to come together do. And that's where the new ideas are. You know, stepping beyond just, well, I know how that's going to work, or I know these rules, or I know the constraint to, you know, like we said in the beginning, okay, what are we going to do about it? I'm totally with you. I love that, man. Well, listen, I, I again, we could talk for hours about this, and we definitely will talk for hours, and uh, we already do. And man, I just love connecting with you and what you bring to really the world. And... um but let's let's call it a day now because I want to respect your time and I want to I want to have you back on the show soon. If you enjoyed listening to uh, Sterling, where I want you to go is go to SterlingHawkins.com. That's S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G-H-A-W. K-I-N-S.com, SterlingHawkins.com to learn more about what he's up to. If you have a business and you're looking for transformative leadership training and innovation about how to take your business to the next level, not just with technology, but with upgrading yourself and your employees, you've got to check out SterlingHawkins.com. Sterling, it's such an honor to be connected with you. Um, love you, man. And can't wait till we do this again. Likewise. Yeah. Love you too. Thanks for having me on again. And I'll talk to you soon. That wraps up another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sterling. I hope you took away some gems. And I hope you go back to your situation, whatever it may be, with a new perspective 
on the constraints that have been put on you and a new perspective, a new paradigm to take advantage of the opportunity that you have to work on yourself. And if you're looking to step your game up in the area of health and fitness, I want to remind you that we are launching our seven day challenge. My team and I, we've been working day and night on this thing. It's going to specifically help you thrive through these unprecedented times and to get in shape during them so that you become a better version, a healthier version, not just physically, but mentally as well. And to go and make that happen, to join the challenge, you go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash challenge. So I hope you enjoyed this interview. I hope you have an amazing week in spite of the external circumstances. And I'll speak to you on Friday.